0: So thirty, you, me, and on we makes three.
1: Licorice root check. Lindworm. Okay, whoever used the last of the lindworm scales without adding it to the list is fired. Oh, right.
2: That would be me.
1: What are all of you doing here?
0: We got your texts.
1: What's this about canceling classes? Ingress, too? What is this, an intervention?
3: Good. You know you need one.
1: No, I don't. And don't you have bigger things to deal with right now?
3: I'm good at compartmentalizing.
2: Might as well talk to us because we're not going anywhere until you do.
1: Okay, look. People are too afraid to come over here because everyone thinks I'm using Malcolm here to infect everyone with the blight.
0: What are you talking about? We have a waiting list for classes.
1: They're going to stop coming, so there's no point in wasting your time.
3: So you're going to strip the chance to learn from people who want to protect themselves because you feel unappreciated?
1: Threats are a little more than feeling unappreciated.
0: Yeah, it's a shock to the cis the first time they experience that. We get that at the bar with every drag show.
1: Yeah, but these aren't human homophobes. Instead of getting slapped with lawsuits or a picket line out front, I have to deal with hexes and everyone knows where I live. And you think I don't? Seriously, Hazel. Think about my work as the council's hunter. Yeah, but you have the authority of the council behind you.
0: You know their authority means nothing to the people I bust? I say this with all the love in my heart. Please, check your privilege. From one survivor to a new survivor. Let me help.
1: (laughs) I'm allowed to feel my feels. Y'all are the ones in here making me talk.
3: Sure you are. Right up until you make decisions that take opportunities from others.
2: He's harsh, but he's not wrong.
3: You have a team. You, me, Koth, Greth, Julia, Addison, your grandmother. And Otto.
2: You aren't alone. I can help you deal with the threats. We can go through them, forward them to appropriate people, and figure out which ones to take seriously.
0: Uh, and don't forget the garden itself. It took any magic to break in.
3: Yeah, I'm not doing that again. I think the floorboards tried to bite me. What does Julia have to say about your pity party?
1: You know, if you're trying to make me dislike you, you can stop because you succeeded a long time ago.
3: On that at least we can agree.
2: Okay, let's get you and me on the computer while the guys go over your security. Come on, you get up. <laughs>
3: Ingreth just dragged Hazel off by her braid and her hand wasn't bitten off. Oh, I
0: love it when she does that. The
4: thing you have to know about seeing <laughs> They look so peaceful when they're unconscious. (sighs) No! Hey! Hey! Ads! Ads! Wake up!
2: Wake up! (sighs) I was having a dream about that ugly chainsaw carving of something that was supposed to look like a Sasquatch.
4: It ended up looking more like a Morlock and Rush Limbaugh had a baby
2: it was chasing me and chanting he will judge you from that doomsday billboard
4: yeah nothing creepy at all about blood-red letters hand-painted on a billboard with no signs of people for miles Mm. makes you wonder about what's living out there among the trees
2: and in the abandoned houses eaten by blackberry bushes it's like they grow when you aren't looking
4: The tumbleweed has been following us for miles.
2: (sighs) No signal, but I still got a text about my car's extended warranty.
4: The rusted cars seem to stare as we pass by.
2: The Sasquatch carving is there again. Is it telling the tumbleweeds where to go?
4: The vultures are circling the car. Think they know something we don't?
2: Still not as creepy as that town back there with the old rusted saws.
4: Welcome, travelers and tourists, to Tetanus Town. Come for the decaying husks of giant logging equipment. Stay for the...
2: Stay because the moss has welcomed you as its own. (laughs) You are one with the forest floor now. God, I'm afraid. I'm half afraid I'm going to look over and you're suddenly wearing plaid flannel.
4: If I ever turn into clothes, shoot me. Oh, a hitchhiker. Oh, a hitchhiker. Whoa,
2: wait, wait, <laughs> Why are you pulling over?
4: <laughs> We're doing our good deed for the day. You are in for a treat, but only if you don't take your eyes off her, capiche?
2: Yeah, I, uh, capiche.
4: Where to? No problem. Wait, you caught that? Sure, you just have to listen, right? Ah, It's too quiet. How about a story?
2: I've heard that one. Ah,
4: hush you. I ain't told this one. It's about a girl. She was stranded on the side of a road after a car crash. That is, she remembered the crash and she remembered flying from the wreck but when she woke up there was no wreck she was just standing there in the middle of nowhere and all she knew was that she had to get home she had to see her family so she stuck out her thumb and caught herself a ride what's your name kid Christine Hansen hmm. The further she got from the accident site though, the weirder she felt. Like she was fading away. Her skin and clothes slowly lost color.
2: Oh my God.
4: Her face became gaunt and bloody. Julia. I see it. And as her wounds appeared, her memory disappeared. She lost her name, her sense of self. All she knew was that she had to see her family. That was all that was left of this poor soul.
1: Connection restored.
4: Christine, Addison here is going to look up your family. You can see what's going on with them.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. They all died in a car wreck, along with their dad daughter and sister, Christine.
4: You hear what we're saying, hon? Your family is waiting for you. It's time to go to them. Can you do that?
2: Uh, f- fix their memories in your mind. Do you have them still? Yes? Good. Now call to them. <gasps>
4: She's passed through.
2: That was our good deed for the day? More like for the year.
3: Slacker.
2: So, why are you leaving the garden? I thought the blight wouldn't really hurt you.
4: Mm. Hazel ain't who she used to be.
2: Well, yeah, none of us are who we used to be. You've changed too.
4: Of course I have. I'm angrier, less patient. But I own it and I'm working through it. She's got some kind of white savior bullshit going on and she's blaming everyone but herself for it. You see me taking away other people's right to choose? Am I acting as judge, jury, and literal executioner?
2: What? Who, who's she executed? Why? She,
4: she, she went to kill a guy who... Uh, who jumped me. The only reason she didn't is because he was already dead. She didn't care about what I wanted. I didn't decide fast enough for her, so she went off alone. Alone! To kill someone in cold blood. I need to get my fuel gauge checked.
2: Uh-oh. Uh, What's wrong?
4: We're halfway then. It says I still have three quarters of a tank. I'm getting gas anyway, because that can't be right. Huh. What?
2: What is it? I don't know much about cars or this type of magic, but someone's tweaked it uh-huh. with some protective spells and to use way less gla- and to use way less gas
4: she touched my baby
2: you're mad she made your truck safer and cheaper
4: she touched my baby this is what i was talking about thinking she knows what's best and to hell with everybody else
2: okay julia try to breathe in out in out.
4: I am fucking calm. I am a goddamn sunny day.
2: Right. Why don't I drive for a bit?
4: No, I need time with my sweet baby.
2: Alone time?
4: With Strictly Platonic.
2: Uh, did did your car stop rattling there for a while?
4: My baby does not rattle. Uh-huh. Had she asked, it'd have been fine.
2: Would it, though? Hey,
4: I can take help when it's offered, and that's something no mechanic could do.
2: Can you really? You
4: know what? Even if I couldn't, does that mean it's okay to do it anyway? Where do I get to have a say in my life? I ain't never, never gonna go behind your back and mess with your stuff. If you need help, I'll offer it and help you as much as you allow. But people have a right to say no.
2: Listen, all I'm saying is I'm glad we're not broken down in the middle of nowhere with no cell service and the sounds of random gunshots in the middle of fire season.
4: That wouldn't happen in my baby. I got a toolkit and a few spare parts in the back. How do you think I kept this baby running?
2: The longer I'm in your baby, the more I wonder that.
4: Shh, Daisy Bell. They don't mean it. They're just ungrateful. Uh,
2: got enough snacks there?
4: Road rations should always look as if a ten-year-old kid was left unsupervised with a fistful of cash. Why's that guy staring at you?
2: Yeah, he's just a jerk.
4: That doesn't explain why he looks like he's about to piss himself. What'd you do?
2: I just waved at him.
4: Uh-huh. Which hand, Adds? Ads, which hand?
2: Uh, all of them?
4: Get in the car, kid, before he strokes out
2: Hey, why do you call me kid when we're the same age? I'm like
4: 25 in orc years or something, I don't know
2: Is that like dog years? Can't wait to see what you look like at 35
4: Oh, yeah, well, you're literally pot hag at 16
2: Booger face
4: Butt munch
2: Clown shoe aficionado
4: Postmodern goth.
2: Speaking of which, I'm oh. worried about her.
4: Yeah, she's more like casual goth.
2: You think she'll be okay?
4: I'm sure she's fine.
1: Demons are bad. Demons are bad. Otto is so cute in his little hat. Demons are bad. What are you doing here?
3: Why are you on the floor?
1: Performing a random gravity check, you know, just to make sure it's still working. You're welcome, by the way.
3: Are you drunk?
1: Ugh, look, I'm too tired for this. Could you please just pretend I insulted you in some creative fashion and go away?
3: You look like hell.
1: No, I said pretend
3: I insulted you. When's the last time you slept?
1: Hopefully I am in fact asleep right now and this is all just a really weird drunk dream. You're not going away. Ah, Otto, you're such a good little hunter, but no thank you, you eat it.
3: Why is he bringing you a bug?
1: Eh, he's been trying to feed me since Julia and Addison left.
3: where do you even find a dung beetle around here?
1: Did you just come here to interrogate me with inane questions?
3: You needed him a tiny hat.
1: I've entered my crazy dragon lady phase. i already single, even though I am cute and talented, and live alone, so might as well accept it.
3: Hmm. You've got the hair for it too right now.
1: I do not!
3: There are Cheetos in what's left of your ponytail.
1: Oh, I was wondering where that went.
3: You're supposed to take it a- never mind. How about I make you some real food?
1: Will it make you go away?
3: Come on, where's your kitchen?
1: (coughs) Excuse me for a second.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, my head. You okay?
1: Metabolized the alcohol to sober up. Taught myself how in college. Handy. Instant hangover though. Come on, the kitchen's this way. What's wrong? Nothing, I, I just, I try to keep work and personal life separate because working out of my house and being on call can really blur those lines. And letting someone other than family into my house feels really weird. I'm, I'm just trying to categorize a situation that doesn't fit neatly into any boxes, that's all.
3: Yeah, I know what that's like. There's nothing in your fridge but whiskey and... What is this?
1: Belladonna extract.
3: Isn't that poisonous?
1: Extremely.
3: And you're keeping it in your fridge. Why?
1: Better question is, where's my creamer?
3: You have the self-preservation skills of a soggy paper bag of nuts at a squirrel convention. And what's this, some type of potion?
1: Mm, Yeah, anti-sleep potion.
3: And why is it purple?
1: Because of the energy drink. What are you doing? Making
3: pancakes.
1: How do I know you're not going to poison me?
3: Wouldn't have to. You're doing fine enough on your own since you were keeping literal poison where you usually put your creamer in your fridge. Still tempting, though. Drink this. Why? My own amusement. Ugh.
1: Chamomile and
3: valerian? You need sleep, not more caffeine.
1: I shall get my revenge for such blasphemy by watching you drink bad coffee. I can't make it worth anything, which is why Julia doesn't let. (laughs) But you're probably not here for coffee and chit chat. What do you need?
3: It can wait. Ooh, real syrup.
1: Grab the peanut butter too. Seriously? I am always serious when it comes to pancakes. I assume you're here because of what was in those files. I have the drive, by the way. I figured you wouldn't want it in just anyone's hands.
3: Thanks. You're right. I want my son, and I'm prepared to go after him alone. But getting him out?
1: He might need medical help. I saw the files. I get it.
3: I know I don't have a right to ask you. It's just... I don't have anywhere else to go.
1: You don't have to ask if I'm
3: offering... Are you going to tell me why you were drunk on the floor?
1: The kids are out on a road trip and I'm taking full advantage of my freedom.
3: Yeah, if you were, you'd be at the Woodsman and not alone in the dark.
1: Whatever. I was bonding with Otto anyway.
3: No, you weren't. You were at rock bottom.
1: Why do you even care anyway?
3: Because you look defeated. It's unnatural.
1: (laughs) Not supernatural?
3: More hate mail?
1: Uh, you could say that. Gotta notice that you and I are being investigated by the Grand Council as potential threats to public safety. Julia hates me, but no word from him since he up and left, just from Addison. So no hate mail. Well, I don't think they hate me,
3: though. So you're going to get back up, and we're going to compile the evidence to prove to the Council I'm not a bioweapon. As for Julia, the time away might do him some good. He's been... brittle. You'll both cool off and figure things out. Then, we're going to go back to fighting each other. Why? Because I've come to like you making my life difficult.
1: And if I don't keep fighting you?
3: I don't think you could help yourself. When we met, most women in your position would have been afraid of a stranger breaking into their house with an unconscious, traumatized kid. Instead, you got angry and hunted me down. If you'd had the intel, you'd have waged a one-witch war on Perthrow, risking everything to do the right thing. Every time you throw what I did in my face, it's a challenge for me to be a better person, because I know you wouldn't waste your energy on someone you thought wasn't capable of changing. Maybe right now you need a face to be angry at to keep going. I just know the day you stop fighting with me is the day you've given up on me.
1: Wow. For you, that was an entire soliloquy. I'm tempted to go out back and cut you a whole bouquet of roses for that performance.
3: I've been practicing.
1: Your uh, son, does he have a name? I, I can't call him Subject A like Perthro does. Adam. Oh, and they named it Project Eden?
3: Yeah. I know the chances of success are less than ideal, but I have to try. It's like this deep need I can't describe, and it's as real as hunger pulling me towards him. If I think about what his life has been like, I want to rip someone apart with my bare hands, and it feels like I could.
1: I must be tired because your nonsense is starting to make sense. Okay, look, I made a mistake with Julia by not educating him, so sit down. It's lesson time. You don't seem to have the biology of a werewolf, but you definitely have the instincts, which is partly why you felt the need to make tea and pancakes.
3: You're not wrong, but I don't see how this is related to werewolves.
1: All that crap about wolf packs and alphas, erase it from your memory banks. Packs are families. The alphas are the caregivers, which, yes, does include protective instincts, but that's not the core of it. They make sure everyone is safe, well, and fed.
3: You're saying I'm an alpha?
1: Or another adult family member, because all the adults help raise the pups. Anyways, we're getting off track. The point here is you feel protective of Julia, even though he... Hates me? Would like you to become intimately acquainted with a speeding train,
3: more or less.
1: With you and him, it's not that you don't think he can take care of himself, right? It's about giving him the tools he needs to do that. It's partly why you volunteered to teach us how to defend ourselves, that's your way of trying to keep us safe. Maybe it's because of how and where you were bitten, but for whatever reason you see us as your pack.
3: Was any of it actually my choice?
1: It's all a choice. Take fight, flight, or fawn responses, for example. Those are instincts, and you've learned how to use them when there's a threat and ignore them when it's not a true threat. You can choose to act on them or not. Just because it's a new need for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or that you don't have a choice. If you hadn't been teaching, what would you have been doing? Self-destructing on your own?
3: You really want to go there?
1: Hey, we're talking about you right now,
3: not me. So I choose to be protective over a couple of kids that hate me.
1: From what I hear, that's basically parenthood. I wouldn't know. Shit, right. Sorry. Well, I don't hate you anymore.
3: But do you forgive me?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if I forgive myself. So, do you have a... Cunning plan for this mission because I'm going to be useless until tomorrow.
3: Technically, it is tomorrow.
1: First rule of night shift it's not tomorrow until you've slept, which I haven't. You can crash here if you want.
3: I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, witch.
0: Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written by Brenna Anderson-Dowd in collaboration with Frederick Elmore and Keith Baldwin. Performed by Brenna Anderson-Dowd as Hazel, Kevin Elmore as Quoth, Tabitha McNeil as Ingrid, Keith Baldwin as Malcolm, Frederick Elmore as Julia, and Taryn Baldwin as Addison. Edited by Frederick Elmore. Music by Kevin Elmore. Please rate and review find us on tumblr or facebook or email us at feedingwerewolves at gmail.com care and feeding of werewolves is a podcast distributed by kerfuffle and chaos productions and licensed under a creative commons non-commercial attribution share alike 4.0 international All content on the Care and Feeding of Werewolves podcast is fictional and for entertainment purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of an episode. Reliance on any information provided by Care and Feeding of Werewolves, Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions, or anyone involved with the production of this podcast is solely at your own risk. Except for keeping poisons in your fridge, which one would think was common sense.